0: we welcome you today to a poetry show when it comes to poetry there's a lot to know but we have a special guest and she's right there she's a creative poet welcome to claire Well, Welcome everyone to the Art of Ministry and today we have a special guest. We have Claire Watson who is a poet and also a writer. Someone who has done different types of writing, different types of text and has a background in professional writing and also in other arts areas, such as painting. So she's got lots of talent, but today we're specifically looking at poetry, which is an area which she has some involvement in at the moment. So I would like to welcome Claire Watson.
1: Thanks, Donna. It's great to be here.
0: Yay! <laughs> All right. So the first thing I'd like to ask you is poetry is a fascinating Uh, written medium and it's something we see at school. It's something that we see in everyday life when we hear about little sort of oratory poetry things happening in different uh, places and locations. Uh, So I'd like to explore poetry itself. So if I could ask you how long have you actually been writing poetry?
1: So it's about seven years now uh, that I've been writing poetry and a little bit of other writing before that. But, yeah, that's been the main focus for the past seven years.
0: Mm. And was there a sort of specific event or anything in your life that stimulated your interest in writing poetry that made you think, oh, I'd really like to get into that?
1: Yeah, so you mentioned school before. Um, when mm. I was at high school, I really enjoyed the English classes that had poetry as Um, what we were looking at so I remember falling in love with poetry as a high school student Mm. but then that really got buried under a lot of science. Um, I also loved science so I went on to study um, Bachelor of Physio in uh, uni and then of course got um, involved in work, uh, had three children and that love of poetry got buried a long uh, way. Mm. Um, yeah, so.
0: I can relate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then um, interest was sparked again when our daughter Hannah died. That was 2014. Mm. So um, suddenly I did have a bit more time to be creative, sadly, mm. and yeah, um, I went, decided to go back to study after quite a long break. So um, instead of studying science, I went and studied uh, creative writing at Table College, which mm. was an excellent course, and I, I recommend creative writing at Tabor. Um, so during that time, I wrote a book about our journey with Hannah, and that was a healing experience. Mm. I also found um, in writing the book that I had some thoughts and feelings that were really quite difficult to express in prose. So, Mm. so yeah, um, prose being just, you know, straight writing. Um, and so I think I, yeah, started to look to poetry and we had an excellent lecturer in poetry, Dr. Aidan Coleman Mm. at Temple and, um, Yeah, he encouraged me to pursue this interest, so uh, Mm -hmm. that's how it really started. And um, yeah, I've been enjoying the journey ever since.
0: So, those uh, people at table, the uh, the teachers, were they sort of the primary mentors and coaches who helped to sort of guide you along that journey? Was there anyone else outside there, or was it more? It was a sort of a table oriented. Sort of, it's definitely
1: uh... table um in the beginning cuz I started that course in Western Australia online mm. and then continued that at Murray Bridge and finished it off. So um yeah, all that time I was living away from a capital city, so I really didn't have other people who were interested in poetry mm. um to chat to. Uh but of course moving to Adelaide the last 2 years I've got involved in poetry groups and, yeah, so much more of the face-to-face sort of poetry scene, whereas for me, yeah, living interstate was very much an online so mm. an experience, being part of that community.
0: We actually find yeah. that with the, the podcast. We, uh, we want to try and reach everyone in different areas and different countries and country towns and different places because there is a level to which there's kind of a... Feeling among people, oh, how many other people are doing the same thing that I'm doing? And the internet's sort of good for connecting those people, but as mm. you say, it's it can be you can have that little feeling of disconnection sometimes from uh, that that perhaps a face to face thing might might provide you.
1: Yeah, that's right. Mm. But yeah, Adelaide's um, got a growing uh, poetry scene, mm. and also another interesting group to go along to is something called 10 by 9 Mm. which is at the jade once a month it's a storytelling event where each uh 10 people no hang on nine people have 10 minutes to tell a story which has to be true to life and wow yeah it's really interesting um and Yeah, the one I go to for poetry at the moment is called Voicebox. It's at a place called Mix Creative in Port Adelaide, and it's on the first Friday of each month, um, except for July, at eight pm. And yeah, it's just a really encouraging place for anyone to get up and share their poetry for about four minutes, and you get to hear a lot of different perspectives on life.
0: Is that a highly personal? Sort of account that people give, or do they more choose a topics, or such as the environment, or something like that to share?
1: Yeah. So, ten by nine always has a theme, so you have to stick oh, to a the theme, um, yes. but you can be very creative within that. Um, Voice box, yeah, you can come and share any poetry. Um, wow, I've also yeah. found that these sort of secular groups are a great opportunity for Christians to speak about God in a creative way. Mm. So, for example, Voicebox last year, I, I you know, wore a baseball cap backwards and did a rap about Jesus and oh. because it was just something different. <laughs> um, yeah, it was fine. So um, I think if you kind of, yeah, present it in a creative way, you've definitely got opportunity to, um, yeah, so share something of the gospel. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean often poets that are not Christian or storytellers that are not Christian will, you know, have a throwaway line about God. But so, yeah, it's definitely not off limits if you do it in a creative and a respectful way. Yeah.
0: I've actually seen this with uh hip hop and rap albums mm. where uh, naturally, that you see that that there's a lot of poetry and hip hop and rap. But every so often, you will actually find a CD which is like a spoken word CD, and it emphasizes more the poetry angle rather than the the rhythmic syncopated hip hop style. It's actually more spoken word, and it shows that real connection between the the art of rap and the art of poetry. Mm. Wow. And I wish I'd been there for that performance, by the way. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I'm certainly really into that hip hop scene. So anything that involves poetry and, and hip hop for me is like, yeah, <laughs> I, I will be there for that. Mm. So are, are there any particular poets or maybe, um, you know, poetry works that you admire more than others?
1: Yeah, so I do have some favourite poets from the distant past. So Mm. there was a a fellow called George Herbert, who wrote a Mm. poem called The Temple, with some really interesting forms of poetry Mm. in it Mm. that were quite innovative. Um, Gerard Manley Hopkins um, Mm. is a great poet from the past. Um, And then a a few more contemporary ones, Michael Simmons Roberts is from the mm-hmm. UK, mm. and yeah, he's got a, a beautiful book called *Corpus*, mm. all about um, the body. And mm. um, Stephen McMcInerny, he's uh, got a book *The Wind Outside*. He's a Christian, mm. uh, and Philip Hodgins, who um, he only had a short life. Um, but wrote some beautiful poetry. Um He's Australian, so, yeah, yeah I do have some favourites.
0: So these are not just historical poets who, I suppose, had that renown historically. These are also contemporary ones as well, people around Australia or the world.
1: Yeah, so I guess I do tend to lean towards poets that like... um writing formal poetry, so Mm. formal meaning um, it's the opposite of free verse. So free verse you just write, um, you don't follow a form, whereas Mm. formal poetry there are some rules, there's some structure around what you fit the words into. Mm. So, um, yeah, some of these poets are very skilled at the formal Mm. Um, um, Yeah, which I really admire because I think it's a good challenge to write within a form and still write something that, you know, the emotion and the meaning comes, Mm. um, yeah, strongly through that.
0: So more in a rhyming form or or more sort of a Not always
1: rhyme, but, yeah, rhyme is part of um, Mm. formal poetry and then there's just other... uh, types of structure like the number of lines the number of um beats in a bar um, Mm. in a a line um yeah so there's lots of different poetic forms that you can look up online if you'd like to practice some of them yeah we do some um simple ones at school of course you know limericks and haiku and there's a lot of different ones
0: you know one of the one of the interesting things um in studying form is even, even in rap music they have different forms of of rap song where it's almost like playing upwards or something or, or some kind of word game where kind of the highest points wins, meaning um, you have people who do double rhymes, you know, in the hotel the couple stayed because they had a troubled day, you know, something like that, and they'll try and rhyme as many words within a stanza or within a text that they can. Uh, and people even study this on YouTube. It's fascinating. They'll put the whole rap song on there, and they will highlight all the rhyming words. And through the page, you'll see pinks and yellows and greens—all these words that have rhymed along that rap song. So that people go, "Oh my goodness, the whole thing rhymes!" Just that, uh, there's there's rhyming words in here that bring up the same sound. So yeah, I I'm really into that—the idea of different forms—and and certainly I've seen that with you know you have the normal. Uh, I suppose, the traditional stereotypical poetry rhyme, which ends with the same sound at the end. But then you have those very free-flowing ones where sometimes there's no rhyme at all, but it's it's still extremely poetic and descriptive throughout the entire narrative.
1: Yeah, so whatever your idea is, you've just got to find the sort of the most suitable form mm. for it, which might be no form at all. But um, <laughs> it's a matter of discovering, yeah, What. what style of poetry fits that particular thought or story that you're telling. So I've written some about um people in Australia's history, for example, and used, mm. you know, more of the um very rhythmic sort of Banjo Patterson style mm. of poetry. And then yeah, um written some ones in free verse. So it really just depends on the topic and the the <sighs> vibe <laughs> that you're trying to convey.
0: Yeah, do you, do do your uh, poems come from a more Australian angle, as in the Banjo P- Patterson, or is it more kind of this is something that uh, is written not from so much of, you know the Australian vernacular or environment within it, but more it's something that the whole world would see and hear, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, no, I write poems in plain English. Yeah, mm. not the um. Yeah, not the um sort of oddie yeah sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I I guess one of my favourite forms is sonnets, so mm. um certainly uh poetry in Australia's been heavily influenced by um British culture. So mm. yeah, I guess we I need, need to learn some more from other cultures because around the world there's a huge variety of different on, um, yeah. poetry forms. Um, yeah, that could add to the richness. Of our yeah,
0: culture. it's really interesting. Like in painting, when you look at the history of painting, when when a lot of painters came to Australia, some of them painted in a real Aussie style, which was brand new. You know, like the whole Tom Roberts and all that. You know, uh, but there were other painters who still painted in a British style, which mm. actually which actually helped a lot of the people who came to Australia feel like they were back home again so it had mm. this interesting effect on people some some of the artists were like oh that's not the Australian style that's not what a gum tree looks like but for other people they're like no I appreciate this because uh, it reminds me of the British trees <laughs> mm. so it's interesting isn't it so so when you're writing a poetry volume or a group of poems do you move around in styles a lot or do you like to stay within a particular style
1: um I wouldn't say I move around a lot. Oh. Um, I'm not that experimental. Some poets are very experimental. Oh. Um, yeah, so I've mostly leaned towards some more uh, traditional sort of forms. Oh. But yeah, um, oh. there. Are, I mean, most poetry written today is free verse and um, yeah, it's good there's room for everyone. Um, it's whatever you would prefer to write. Mm.
0: So what percentage of your poems would be called, I suppose, be referred to as Christian poems?
1: Well, I guess personally I don't consider my poetry Christian poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit like uh, I don't consider myself a Christian author. Um, Mm. I am an author who is a Christian Mm. and I am Mm. a poet who is a Christian. So Mm. um, I think there's a subtle difference. So often what we might call Christian poetry or uh, literature is a devotional sort of Mm. nature. So, Mm. Mm. um, yeah, written more sort of maybe like a a prayer or a song, um, either directed to God or, or about God. Um, so, yeah, I consider my poetry uh, definitely to be written from a Christian perspective, but mm. you could look at one of my individual poems and and not know that I'm a Christian, mm. whereas you might look at another one on another page and it comes through quite clearly that I'm a Christian. So um, mm. it does vary. And Emily Dickinson, who uh, once said, tell the truth, tell it in slant. Mm. So, I guess I do prefer reading poems that uh tell the truth of the Christian gospel and yet they tell it in a way that's engaging and more subtle. Um yeah. So, yeah, let the reader fill in the gaps and hint mm. and suggest things rather than spell it out in a sort of a greeting card kind of way. So, yeah. Yeah. Um if you read my whole collection, it would be very clear that I'm a Christian, but yeah, as I said, mm. it doesn't necessarily mean that And every poem I write um is, you know, clearly read as a, a Christian poem. Mm.
0: So what are some things that inspire your poetry? Is it the everyday or do you find that there's key topics that you return to
1: uh so looking back over what I've written so far I find that it's mostly um so some poets write a lot about nature for example but I rarely write about uh, nature Mm -hmm. I mostly seem to write about human nature so I seem to focus more on um, people so stories from daily life uh, sometimes I might um, see something in the newspaper and that will spark off a poem. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's stories from the Bible um, or, like I said, stories from Australia's history, uh, you know, mm. a yeah, uh, really interesting story about someone from the past and I might put that into a, a poetic form.
0: So are you, are you one of those people who, who takes a notepad everywhere?
1: Uh, no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, a bit of, I'm in a bit of a poetry wilderness at the moment, so I haven't written oh. before, um for three months. I took on a second job and I think it sort of sucked my creative energy. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, but that's what I noticed when I look back over the whole collection. A lot of them are about people rather than describing nature or, mm. um, yeah.
0: I bet you could write a good poem about the poetry wilderness.
1: Uh, yeah maybe that's a good just part. think
0: it'd be no, like a, it would be a big forest where poets are, you occasionally find other poets yeah
1: okay well, and you, could, and you can talk job. no you know you,
0: you can take that and run with it it's just you know several hundred people have heard that idea as well so get in fast
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> and then they you know you go and you can meet some famous poets there and talk to them about oh yeah i don't know what to write at the moment Hmm. Okay. you just got to make sure you're not offending like, contemporary poets, I suppose, because they might not appreciate being in the forest.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah, good idea.
0: Um, so, yeah, uh, I guess, you know, poetry is such a, a broad spectrum of publishing. You do see poems written in different books. Have uh, any of your poems been published, you know, whether it's, you know, one-off poems or a volume?
1: Yeah, a volume would be my dream. Um, yeah, it remains a dream at the moment. But, yeah, I've probably published, I think it's around 50 individuals. So they're in various um, journals and anthologies. Some are Australian, a few overseas as well. Um, yeah, there's a lot of poetry publications out there. You can send out to some more um prestigious than others, but yeah, most most poetry can find a home for somewhere. Mm.
0: Yeah. Because I think Tabor does put out volumes, don't they, where you can contribute to writings.
1: Yeah, so that's a good one for um yeah, people, listeners who are getting into poetry. Uh, it's called Inscribe. You can look at mm, on the website. Mm. And yeah, heard of it. The current theme is city. So mm. you could write a poem about Adelaide and send that in, and <laughs> the artists will have a look at it.
0: Here's an interesting off the cuff question. I mean, do you think Adelaide's changed a huge amount in our time? Or do you think, as a city, it still kind of has that largish country town feel that some people would ascribe to it from interstate.
1: Yeah, so I lived away from Adelaide for 13 years. Uh, When I came back, yeah, I didn't think it had changed a lot, which I appreciated (laughs) (laughs) because I like Adelaide. Um, I think it hasn't lost that country, town feel.
0: Yeah. Um, Everyone knows each other.
1: yeah. Yeah, the one thing I did notice, was actually become more humid.
0: More humid?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the ch- Adelaide I remember from my childhood was in- incredibly dry. Yeah, you'd step outside in summer and it would feel like you're stepping into an oven. Whereas, wow. Yeah, when I came back, I definitely noticed that Adelaide was more humid.
0: Wow. No,
1: I think it still has that that charm of the large country town and, you know, you still meet people that, you know, they know someone that you know, and there's mm-hmm. always connections in Adelaide, um, even with strangers. So, yeah, I think it hasn't lost
0: Yeah, and it's funny that whenever you go overseas or interstate, you you usually bump into someone from Adelaide. Yeah. Okay, That'd
1: I've happen. heard
0: so, <laughs> I've heard some very funny stories about that about people going like to some bizarre kind of you know far away, you know it's. But they, they'll end up in some island somewhere in that in you'd never, you'd probably you know, no, know, know, not many people have heard of, and the person mm. run, running the restaurant's from Adelaide. It just sort of, it seems to happen in some locations. I don't know how common it is. <laughs> but, yeah, it, that kind of thing is kind of funny about Adelaide. It, everyone seems to know each other every mm. so often. You go, oh, yeah, I know who that person is. Yeah. Yeah, there's
1: experience. six years. Of
0: separation. Now, here's a question I, I really wanted to ask um poetry slams uh i've heard about these maybe that's not the only name for them but these there's been these exciting new events i think much like the one that you mentioned earlier but competitions or at least you know real kind of poetry throwdowns and you know people go out the front and they do their poetry and and there's competitions and trophies and prizes Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that? You know, have you taken part in one? And if you have, take us through what it's like being a poet walking into that environment and and what happens.
1: Yeah, so slams are a lot of fun and I guess for poets are a bit stressful but they are fun. (laughs) Um, They're usually held in libraries or pubs and... Yeah, there's a number of poets who sign up to compete. So you only have about two minutes generally and a lot of poets will memorise their poems. They have to share an original poem. Mm. Uh, and then, yeah, people are randomly drawn out of a hat. They got to the stage, they perform their poem and then random people from the audience are chosen to be judges. So... After each poet performs, they hold up a sign similar to, you know, like the diving at the Olympics. Um, out of ten, so they might give a five point six, or and then you know the next um, person will give seven point five. Anyway, all these scores are added up. They knock off the the top score and the bottom score just to get rid of any extreme bias. <laughs> <laughs> and they then they add up the scores at the end, and the winner and the runner-up will sort of go through to the next round. So wow. it goes on to a state final, and which I think one of your friends or acquaintances is into. to. Um, yeah, yeah, I heard yeah. About them. So well done to um, that person. Yeah. And then it goes on to a national final, which is held at Sydney Opera House, which is um, wow. A- great experience so so yeah I haven't really got anywhere (laughs) with the actual progress of um competition but um it's still been fun to participate and yeah you hear a lot of great poetry at these events so it's a good sort of if you've never been to a poetry event then a slam is a really good um one to go to because you'll hear quality Um, Poems and a good range of poems and topics as well, yeah.
0: So do you memorise your poem as well when you go up there?
1: I I do for a slam, yeah. I've got a friend who's really good at Um, memorising. But, yeah, that does allow people to concentrate on the expression and on the voice rather than the words on the page. So it is worth memorising.
0: Do they ever have any, like, rappers do anything or is it mostly spoken word?
1: Uh, mostly spoken words. Yeah, mm. there's occasionally been a rap, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, sign up, John. And,
0: ah! uh... <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that bit out. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's really interesting. Not sure my stuff really translates very well to a poetry medium, but it's certainly something to think about. Yeah, you've, you've got me thinking, so that's, that's really good. Um, now, one other thing that I'd love to ask, are there any biblical poems or passages that are favourites of yours?
1: Uh, so I do love the whole book of Isaiah. Um mm. so much poetry in mm. it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I could identify particular passages, but, yeah, I think sometimes we do there's particular books of the Bible that do need to be read as poetry mm, um, mm. and literally. So, mm. yeah, sometimes people can see it a bit out of context when it's really, um, you know, poetry has things like exaggeration. To, yeah. Yeah, to have an effect. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the Bible is an amazing book, of course, Um, It's Mm. a life-changing book, but it's also a beautiful book of literature, Mm, mm. uh, which we can enjoy from that point of view as well as um, all the wisdom and um, Mm. power it has, yeah.
0: Isaiah is certainly a beautiful read. Mm. Um, Absolutely. The language, yeah, is is incredible, and the pointing towards Jesus as well, yeah, Mm. Absolutely. So, Claire, what poetry can we expect from you in the future? So we had a little bit of it, it's it's harder to find time, but when, when you do find time, you know, whether it's, you know, you're exhausted, you're sitting on the couch at night going, oh, I might pen a few words. Is there anything that uh that we would uh, hear from you in the future in poetry? Well, I hope that one
1: day you hear that I'll be publishing my first collection. Mm. So yeah. That would be great news. That um, until that happens, I I have um found something interesting to do when I'm not writing, which is memorising great poetry from the past. So someone recommended a book by Clive James called um, "The Fire of Joy," mm. and he has roughly eighty poems in there. Which are good to memorise from all different times in history, and so that's something I've been doing in the car driving to my second job. Uh, ah. Is yeah, um, practicing memorising some of those old poems. Wow, that were, had such powerful language. And, yeah, so hopefully that'll spark off some creative juices of my own, but.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so is that in the form of an audio book?
1: Uh... Uh, I don't know. It might be available as an audio book. Um, mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, it's just a, a collection that Clive James um, put together because he remembered as a child um, that they would sometimes not be allowed out to recessed or, you know, out of school for the day until they recited a poem. So this was much more common in school a long time ago that children would memorise and recite poetry. Mm. And, yeah, all these poems got into his heart and mind and he could still recall a lot of them as an older man. So, um, yeah, he sort of put this book together as he was dying, actually. Um, So, yeah, Mm. sort of a final gift to the world.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a very powerful medium. Um it's a very powerful expression. Uh and yeah, it's interesting, you know. So so do you read that book and then recite in the car like you read it and then you try and memorize it and then you try reciting it as you drive or something like that.
1: Yeah, I try reciting it as I drive. Yeah. If you see me at a traffic light, it looks like I'm talking totally to myself. But like that's okay <laughs> these days because everyone's <laughs> on their phone hands free.
0: Well, you know, I <laughs> I probably is... do
1: looks look so strange.
0: I can relate because whenever I make a new song, I always play it in the car when I'm driving. I practice every possible melody and singing inflection that could possibly be fit in it. Sometimes for six months until I come mm-hmm. to one that I refined, and I go, "That's the one. That that's what it is. It's it's uh, that's the the most, um, I guess, pertinent one that would fit it." So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you soon you memorize all the words. You don't even need the lyrics. You just know what it is, and and it's ready to put down. So yeah, I'm a big fan of car performance. I, I feel sorry <laughs> for the people around me that about the volume. Yeah, Sometimes well, yeah, you
1: see yeah. them,
0: oh, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> putting their windows up. Going, it's too loud. Um, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, we're really looking forward to um, hearing about. Uh, that poetry volume, I definitely will come to the launch. Um, I would love, <laughs> I'd love to see that and I'll buy a have signed book because I love poetry. It's it's really special. There's something about it. There's something about reciting it, and there's something about reading it. You know, it's it's almost like uh, one of the things we've talked about is that it feels like so many of the arts are connected because a good poem almost feels like looking at a painting.
1: Mm.
0: It's it just becomes a visual image in your mind. It's and you and you remember it, so yeah, yeah, so, would you like me to finish with a
1: poem
0: I would love it if you finish with a poem Even
1: the sparrow finds a home.
0: The graceful swallow and nest within the walls and raise a wire, they build a place of rest. While men pace round the dusty yard. Birds flit among the trees, for every tree is home to them. And every place is free from guilt and shame and sharp regret and memories of the past which seep through cells and punish minds and keep their eyes downcast. The bars present no barrier to those who sail straight through, to birds for whom each moment shines as fresh and clean as dew. But look, among the shuffling men a few have sprouted wings they join the birds in freewheel flight and in the darkness sing.
1: Thanks, John, for the opportunity to be here today.
0: Yeah, absolute pleasure. It's been fantastic. Um, listening and to, to hear your poem and to also hear all your views on poetry and, and your journey with poetry as well. So it's been fantastic. And I know for a lot of people listening who are into poetry, um, they'll find this a really encouraging, um, show and one that will, I think, inspire them to, to think about different styles and, and to use the gift that, that God's given them to, to share with the world you know the beauty of of poetry
1: yeah yeah thanks to god i mean we do acknowledge him as the the giver of every good creative gift yeah Mm.
0: well thank you so much claire it's been an absolute pleasure
1: yeah all right see you later
0: bye I'd like to read from Revelation 15 in the second part of verse 3 to verse 4. Great and marvellous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the nations. Who will not fear you, Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. Have a great week ahead. Take care.